following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, we have this word dysfunctional that people will will, uh, toss out sometimes and Mm -hmm. I think some are maybe not... uh, Maybe we're confused about what it means. There's some people who live in a dysfunctional family and don't realize it. So give some clarity, if you would, to that term. They they can live in it but not know the term. Um, In fact, um, let me just share something about a woman named Kathy Brown um, who, as an adult child of two alcoholics, she was keenly aware of the sizable swath of dysfunction that could um, creep through families, basically consuming them at times, crippling them uh, when a chemical dependence reigns at home. Um, Therefore, um, she devoted her life, has devoted her life to uh, reaching struggling children, uh, teaching invaluable life skills, and instilling significance in them, despite the fact that they are part of a dysfunctional family. Uh, She's the founder of Rainbow Days in Dallas. I don't know to what degree it's elsewhere, but um, there are support groups and programs for now more than 220,000 children since its inception. And the reason she knows about this is because of her own background. She was raised in a traditional family, each member assuming the public role that communicates uh, some kind of normalcy. Um, And it's, it's like, we've got it all together, everything is great within the walls of our home. But behind closed doors, things are falling apart. And Kathy's father suddenly becomes verbally abusive, sometimes physically violent. And um, there's a transformation in behavior that terrifies Kathy. Uh, It shatters her sense of security. And years pass before she connects the fact that her parents' arguments and the meltdown of emotions... Um, are related to alcohol. And somehow Kathy always feels at fault, like she's the one who's at fault for the family's dysfunction, which is many times the case um, with false blame. And uh, she she felt inadequate, powerless uh, within the, this family, And uh, so then she, as an adult, strives to compensate by overachieving, uh, determining to be perfect. And how good, how good are people at being perfect? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, you know, I have to be perfect. And you and I know that's an impossibility. Yes. No one is perfect. Mm -hmm. But um, the sense of defeat when perfection is not attained uh, is challenging. Even though she had top-notch grades in school, um, commendable extracurricular activities, um, 
she feels she can control these areas, but the truth is that her chaotic home is controlling her. And, um, you know, there's a truth to the old adage, appearances can be deceiving. So some envision alcoholics, uh, they just assume when you talk about an alcoholic, that means some kind of skid row bum. Mm -hmm. Well, no. Uh, her father, Kathy's father, could always hold down a job, and he could meet most of the family's financial needs. However, his drinking diminished his ability to function as a father and a husband. It negatively affected the entire family's emotional health. And the number one obstacle for alcoholics and their families to receive healing from all forms and causes of dis dysfunction is denial. Denial. We're not talking about the... We're not talking about the river, the Nile. It is denial. Unfortunately, this sense of shame and embarrassment in disclosing uh, the need for help prevents and delays uh, enlisting um, others for help. And it's precisely what's necessary to no longer remain a dysfunctional family. And that's why we have keys, what we call keys, biblical counseling keys. Uh, and um, uh, we have keys for living on this topic, dysfunctional family. She longed for this functional family, not dysfunctional, a functional family where healthy interpersonal relationships are nurtured, where problems are addressed rather than, than avoided. And yet, so many people don't know what to do. Um, they feel helpless, and they they want help, but at times they don't know that where where can they find help. Well, that's what we love to give, if if at all possible, where God could use our ministry to help people, literally who are in need, uh, to learn to look to the Lord and His strength, to seek His ways, and then yield our will to His will. That what does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Karen Council Library today at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, 
in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-NIGHT-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you have any questions or concerns about any of the topics on the program tonight, just get in touch with us. That would be uh, calling our customer support team, and they would love to hear from you and uh, talk with you about maybe uh, situations going on in your life and how they can help you. And, and they're they're not just um, order takers there for our materials. They will certainly talk and help you and uh, help you to see maybe what resources of ours would be best for you. They can find you a resource on our website that you could download and even print out if you'd like, or uh, they can order some things for you that would be uh, very helpful for you as uh, they can get those in the mail pretty quickly. And also, if you'd like to help someone else, uh, someone you care about, and give them some uh, materials, pass those along, uh, just talk to customer support, and they'll be happy to recommend some of those things. I want to mention one of ours, uh, the Keys for Living, that June was talking about dysfunctional family. That's called Making Peace with Your Past. Again, that's the dysfunctional family, and uh, customer support can help you get that or any other resource that's going to help you. The number, again, 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. And you can talk to them anytime, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. Also email them if you'd like at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. All right, let's get to our caller for tonight, June, and uh, we have a caller listening on the Bot Radio Network in Missouri. We welcome tonight David. Hi, David. Welcome to Hope. Hi, June. How are you? I'm blessed. Blessed to talk with you. How can we help you? So, uh, really, uh, I don't really know where to start off. Uh, like the book was um, saying, clearly dealing with our past, family history, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Um, from what I do know from my father and mother, my father's um, my my father's father, clearly my grandfather was uh, was in World War Two. Just to kind of give you an age range, I am I am forty. My father passed away at seventy eight three years ago. Um, mm-hmm. His father, um, never meeting him, never being told much about him, except for what my what knowledge my my mother has of my father's father. Mm-hmm. Um, was apparently mentally ill. He was in the psych ward 
for 55 years after wow. the war. Oh. Um, clearly, we know why a lot of the men didn't come home, why they weren't allowed home, uh, things of that nature. Um, knowing that he was there to about 92 or 93 when I would have been um, 9 or 10 years old, um, just seemed a little... Um, seemed a little long when I became an adult and realized how long my grandfather was in the in the institutions. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I know of my grandfather. Now, my father, his twin brother um, passed away in 71 from a car crash. Um, and a very unfortunate event, um, chasing a young lady when he was married. Um, mm. and my father being the last one that he saw alive. And the silly thing about it was he actually told my father, which was his twin, what he was going to go do. And my father clearly stating, you know, I believe my father was a believer at this time, telling him, mm. you know, that it wasn't the right situation for him. Um, you shouldn't do it, but be careful. Uh, the same day as that was the same day he last day he saw his brother. So, mm. um, his dad coming from um, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, after, you're talking about your your um, dad now. Are you talking about your dad right now? Or, yes, my, no, okay, my father coming from Kansas City. Okay, after losing his. Losing his brother in 71, met my mm-hmm. mother in 79 um, at a very popular church in South St. Louis called Tower Grove Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know Botanical Gardens in St. Louis at all, that's where the, the church is. But um, And uh, quickly settled down um, between 71 and 79. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how my, my parents met. And that's where my father was coming from the air force. I have left that part out, uh, coming from the air force from, I believe 72 to 75. Um, no, I'm sorry. He was in the air force in the uh, early sixties, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, coming from coming to St. Louis after the, after um, he was in the Air Force Band, moved to St. Louis with his mother mm. um, from Kansas City, um, and then met my mother in 79, um, which my mother's father, uh, long story short, um, when she turned 18, dropped her off at the doorstep of the same church, Targo Baptist, oh. huh. um, and pretty much told her good luck with life. Um, uh, I hope you make it. Um, basically was telling her that he wasn't looking back and that he was leaving her life. So at the age of 18. So, um, I'm, I'm assuming shortly or at the end of 78, 79 is when my mother and father met. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, they quickly got involved um, 
I guess what we could call shacked up. Um, and from my acknowledgement, um, they apparently got uh, pregnant with my oldest brother now and clearly did the right thing. Apparently they were in love and they wanted to do what was right. So clearly they got married um, and so on and so forth. And that's how life began for my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, Got it. And clearly, yeah, so clearly, uh, life not starting off the best for my mother and father, um, mm-hmm. coming from uh, clearly dysfunctional situations, which there there is worse, um, and clearly there's a, there's a lot more detail I'm not going into um, with, with their immediate families, mm-hmm. um, but... Um, Oldest brother, second oldest brother, me, 89. Um, sister in 88. Um, I'm sorry, 86. Youngest brother in 88. Um, pretty much thing, life was, from my understanding, was going good to about the age that I turned about uh, 11, 12 years old um, when a lot of jobs starting leaving St. Louis um, with hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of jobs leaving the St. Louis area, even in the mid to late 90s. Um, basically, dad was getting older. Um, life was getting harder, um, clearly. Um, was never really, he was never really one to save money. I believe he always did well enough to... Um, be comfortable, uh, but clearly was not providing for his future. Mm. Uh, mom was mom was mostly a stay at home mom, um, and at this time, this is when in the late nineties in St. Louis, clearly across the country, we started having educational problems. Um, my brothers were. Basically, their lives were in danger just going to inner city schools. They were getting shot at. They were in fights uh, every day to every other day. Um, and they both decided, and I believe their junior and senior years, they dropped out. And mom at that, at that time wanted to homeschool us. Mm. So um, she, I believe... Uh, started to do what she was supposed to do clearly by, you know, um, legalization, paperwork, and all that stuff when you're educating your children at home. Um, was in a bad accident. Um, oh. My, yeah, my brother and sister were first grade and fourth grade. Um, and I was coming into middle school just leaving the fifth grade. Um, and I believe some time had went on. Maybe that calendar school year had went on where we were doing some things, but not nearly clearly enough to what we should have been doing. Um, and uh, seventh grade, eighth grade came along. Um, she had a, My parents had already pulled us out of school. Um clearly not wanting the same thing for us for high school and uh, the inner city schools mm-hmm. um, as far as violence and 
things being dangerous. Um, but at this time, too much time had passed, and we weren't doing anything at home, just still faithfully going to church, but not um, basically uh, being educated through the, through the schools or at home. So um, I had noticed my older brothers, um, you know, kind of living life um, on their own or at home, whenever they were home or at their friends or wherever they were sleeping at the time. Um, and then I uh, started getting rambunctious. I was, we grew up in the inner city, long story short, around the Anheuser-Busch plant, which mm -hmm. is one of the worst neighborhoods in St. Louis. Mm. Um, uh, at this time, I'm, ab I'm about 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, I was dealing drugs when I was 14. Um, 15, 16 came along. I had already been dropped out of school. Um at 16 and was still running the streets and doing things clearly that, you know, the Lord does not, you know, want for us. Um, right. I was shot. I was shot twice by the time I was 16. Um, Whoa. Yeah. And my brother and sister were still clearly uh, significantly younger than me by five years or so. And we're kind of just left behind, and um, I had gone through some things, and uh, my sister was getting a little older, and then she moved out of the house. How old was she then? Yeah, we yeah we we will. Yeah. Uh, how old was your sister when she moved out of the house? I believe she was anywhere from fourteen to fifteen. Um, okay. And then that was my mother's sister. She moved out with. Um. And then she was pretty much allowed to do the things that she wanted to do, but she was getting her GED. Um. Mm. Okay, well, let's put a bookmark. Brother. We'll put a bookmark right there, and uh, it sounds like you actually didn't have any real stability growing up. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, 
the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. We're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get uh, we'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics that uh, might be on your mind, if the program has piqued your interest, or maybe there's something that you're struggling with personally that you'd like to get some direction on, just talk to our customer support team. We have over 100 topics in what we call Keys for Living that will help you to address your situation. Those Keys for Living provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics such as stress, anxiety, fear, abuse, marriage, parenting, and so many more topics. Just uh, talk to customer support about what might be most helpful for you. And I want to recommend one of those Keys for Living called Dysfunctional Family, Making Peace with Your Past. And uh, they can help you get that in your hands very quickly as well. Their number 800-488-HOPE. That's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, is when you can get in touch with our customer support team. Again, 800-488-4673. Also, take a look at the website if you'd like to find all the materials that we have here. In addition to Keys for Living, you'll find our uh, our. Lifeline to Hope online training, also June's uh, Bible studies, other books that she's written over the years, and everything's there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Well, let's return to our conversation with David. Well, David, you're definitely helping me um, understand what it's like for you uh, to have no concrete stability um, and none of the kids did, as I can tell. Uh, sounds like everyone had that pattern of basically survival on their own. Is that right? Yes. Um, so my old, like I said, my oldest brothers, they had left the nest, and they were doing what pretty much living mm-hmm. their lives because they were in their uh late teens, I think 18 and 17 or 16, somewhere in that, in that area. Um, and then myself, which, um, like you said, home wasn't stable. Um, we went to family that ate together, cried together, laughed together, um, things of that nature. Um, even something that I had left out, uh, when I was about, 14 to 15 years old, the state came in and took my younger brother and sister um, for, uh, yeah, for a few weeks, and then they were abused in the system. Um, So the system realized that they weren't going to be able to deal with the situation. So um, 
In other words, they gave up on my family, and mm. they 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 realized there were much worse cases than ours that needed to be um, intervened on. Um, and that's pretty much when the education and 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 the um, uh, support stopped. Um, but my biggest concern was with the, the, the church that I had grown up at. Um, so obviously people realizing that we weren't being educated, that we weren't, um, in the system and that my parents, they realized what my parents had been doing. Mm. Um, that is actually how the state was involved. My church, instead of actually stepping in and saying, how can we help? How do we... How, how do we help mm-hmm. with this situation? Um, they actually ended up calling the state um, on our situation, and that's how the state got involved. So instead of the church clearly helping where they where they should or they could, um, they just involved the government. Um, and clearly that didn't go well. But even after the fact, that they realized that the that the state had stepped in and and didn't do what they thought they were going to do by re, by re and the state is restating us in the school in the system. Uh, pretty much, the church just turned its back on my family and looked down on us. Mm. So it was at the age of fourteen. I I saw that, and I saw that the youth system in our church was just broken. Uh, it was broken in so many different ways. That's that's a long story in itself. Mm-hmm. But I realized that, and I went to a smaller group with my older brothers and my sister that had been flourishing. And um, so between the ages of 15 to 17, when I was clearly being rambunctious and running around and doing things I wanted to do, I was also the good little church boy at church doing the church stuff, which I had always known growing up and knowing what I was doing was right, but clearly uh, probably just acting out from the situations of, not like you were saying, not having the stability at home, mm-hmm. trying right. to make my own way, um, and I had a few people step in where they attempted to uh, help my situation, but kind of leaving my brother and sister behind, which confused me even more because it's like, well, it's not just me, it's my brother and sister too, mm-hmm. so well, they're like, in that situation, well, we can't clearly take on more than we can handle. Um, and that family, uh, actually took me in for a brief time, started to help me catch up on some education and things of that nature. Um, but randomly left the city, um, completely leaving behind the church I was with at the time. Um, so trying to get more stability in my life with the new church I'm at, all of my leaders had completely, uh, there was a situation there too where somebody was embezzling money. Um, mm-hmm. 
and the, all the leaders have left that that situation with my youth group. So, <laughs> um, I can see it now, but clearly I couldn't see it then that God was really trying to raise up, you know, um, a strong youth. Um, but clearly going through something that I, that I didn't understand and we weren't told what was going on. Um, so you're, you're going to be left in the dark that much more when you're not told what's actually going on. And then all of those youth leaders that were doing so much good in that church, uh, basically all split off too. So, um, Mm-hmm. Probably through my late teens, uh, clearly become an adult now. I went to a government program, uh, got my education, um, and started living life. Um, living my life through my early 20s, um, clearly dealing with a lot of what I was dealing with as a youth and a, um, a young adult, um, got my education uh, from the government source and mm-hmm. started living life, um, working two or three different jobs, being single um, <laughs> until the Lord brought my wife and... I just remember that um, uh, I said, well, God, you know, I'm, I've come this far. I'm 26. Um, I'm, t- I'm tired of the lost, you know, scene of living in the world, being in situations I know I'm not supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> shortly, six months later, uh, literally in a bar, um, where I liked to karaoke and hang out with my friends. I wasn't the biggest drinker of all time, but I, um, was just clearly not living the, the lifestyle that I knew I should have. Um, but, but clearly battling with the Lord, which never turns out good for anybody. Um, uh, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're not on the same page as he, um, mm-hmm. uh, basically shined a lamplight from a billiard table above her head um, and pretty much said, here she is, you asked for it. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so um, clearly not being ready for that um, relationship. Um, uh, Just... But Not you really did marry her, was... is that right? Oh yes, yes, ma'am. Um, and mm-hmm. we we kind of started off like my mom and dad. Um, we she was in a very very um, evil situation um, mm. that uh, she is actually supposed to be your Thursday night, um, and. Um, she, she, hmm. I know she wants to give her testimony, so oh, I don't want okay. to ruin it. <laughs> so so she'll, she, your wife um, is going to be on on Thursdays, what you're saying, saying right? It, yes, 
Fabulous. Okay. Yes. So, so, yes. so right now, so, let me ask this one question. Is there a question you have for me that would help at this moment? Yeah, I was talking to Jeff, and I was just, um, my main idea was um, clearly dealing with, like he started off the segment with, with family dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I guess not necessarily a question, but a narrative of, um, uh, The, clearly the, the dysfunction of not having um, stability um, yes. growing up is in the past, um, but is still kind of having an effect on my my marriage and my children and mm. um, things of that nature. So, okay. So what you've told me is. Yes, you grew up in a dysfunctional family, but um, as time has gone on, uh, as you married your wife uh, and the, married the one that you now have as your wife, um, you understand, well, I'll just explain. A dysfunctional family is one in which um, the... We could say the wrong behavior, the improper behavior of at least one parent damages the growth and development of healthy relationships among all the family. It impacts them. And a dysfunctional family is one in which family members um, are, are harmed or impaired. Uh, emotionally and psychologically, even spiritually. And so the key is learning how to transition to have a functional family, not dysfunctional, but a functional family. And that means two parents uh, cultivating a good, healthy balance uh, between growing individually and relationally. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll come back and talk about a few things that could help. If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue, we want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? 
Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team can help you do that. And if you would like to talk with them and let them know what maybe an issue in your life that you'd like some help with, you'd like some biblical direction on, we can provide resources to help you do that. And then to help you help others, maybe you can pass that along to someone else as you find healing through that. Then uh, the, the idea is that People who are in the process of healing can help heal others and pass that along. So our customer support team is available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time at 800-488-HOPE. And they'd love to help you on that journey and help you to God's hope through our resources. Our keys for living on dysfunctional family we're recommending tonight called Making Peace with Your Past. And our customer support will help you with that. Again, 800-488-HOPE. If you'd like to speak with June about a situation going on in your life and uh, just get some uh, conversation going about that and some understanding in uh, the the very issue that you're dealing with in life, just talk to us about being on an upcoming program of Hope in the Night. That number, 800-NIGHT-17. And when you call, you'll just leave a message for us. We'll get back to you and uh, talk to you about what questions you have and then uh, schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800-NIGHT-17, 800-644-4817. Well, June, let's return now to our conversation with David. Well, uh, David, as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing that you are open for help and you want to, well, I'm going to put it this way. Um, If we recognize we grew up in a messed up family um and by the way i did um i i grew up in a very dysfunctional family so i i know about this and one of the keys is to figure out hmm i am repeating certain patterns from the past and identifying what specifically needs to be changed because life is a series of choices and it's easy to continue doing what you've done before. Now, you and I know that to just typically repeat the dysfunction of what we experienced in the past, that is not healthy. That's not success. 
that's not helping. It sounds to me like you have children. I think you indicated that you have children. Is that correct? Yes. And what are the ages? They're 12 and 8. Okay. Um, You know, those are ages where changes can be so positive. And what I have found a lot of times, um, a, a parent who grew up in a dysfunctional family, once they see and identify the types of things they do want to change, and I, but what's interesting is many times they won't do it for themselves, but they'll do it for their children. That's a motivation because they want better for their children than what they had growing up. Do you agree with that? Yes. Okay. And so one of the helpful things is to learn. And by the way, in my dysfunctional family, we didn't share. We didn't talk about problems. We didn't problem solve. We didn't um, have conflict resolution. Now, I'm not saying that's the case in your family, but... Uh, no, it, we, was, it was the same exact um, growing up. We, like I said, I, I, I wholeheartedly know and believe that my mother and father are believers and they love the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. But the dysfunction from their own families. Right. Um, I hate to make excuses for people that uh, <laughs> when they know the Lord, I, I quote unquote say they should know better, but um, not realizing how dysfunctional their families were. Right. Um, not knowing how to handle us yes. until I got older. Well, I'm not hearing that there was a lot of healthy modeling for your parents. No, there wasn't, and, no. And, and so I, I get it. You know, there was a point at which I was so surprised. Um, about 10 years after my father died, a relative came to me and said, he didn't come for this reason, but he said before... Uh, he left, and he said, you know, your dad used to make it to our house and sleep at our house or sleep on a church pew. And I thought, what? I, I didn't even understand what he was trying to say. And and he said, yes. Then he said, his father, meaning my father's father, um, um, well, that that he 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 would see his dad beating his mother, and the kids would uh, scatter, and they would um, sometimes make it to this relative's house, or they'd sleep on a church pew. Well, I had no idea. I I had I, I he 
I, I said, well, I've never heard this before. And he, so that let me know why dad was not relational with us kids, because he wasn't relational in his own family. There wasn't modeling that was healthy. And that actually gave me uh, the much more um, empathy and compassion that I needed um, because, but I, and he never talked about his family and he wouldn't allow healthy discussion take place. And I'm, I'm saying that because at times we don't know what to do, yet there are practical things that we can do. And I'm glad that we will have your wife on, on Thursday because she'll have her own story. And yes. I'm hearing that you are wanting, you're calling for there to be positive change, at least the beginning right. of change. Is that correct? Okay. Yes, because um, just to kind of give a little just what has occurred in my own home with my dysfunction from situations like that has been um, my my anger. Um, I I can go um, above and beyond when things are not going a certain way um, with my wife in a certain way. With the kids, I have a hard. I, I am. I'm patient to the point of uh, my ending of my patience, and mm. I um, have have gotten physical, not with not with hurting my wife or hurting my children, but um, I see the same patterns in my home growing up with destruction and slamming things and being angry with th angry with things and but um, I actually had a what's called a decompression in 2019 um, uh, to open my to my my skull and my neck and my my spine um, not knowing that I had this growing up my whole life that these physical ailments mm. um, and all of this took um, came out before my surgery in 2019 and has less frequently happened after 2019 but um, still adds to my impatience now um but um, so clearly having the, the, the physical issues and the impatient issues don't don't mix well. Um, and uh, but that's but that's what's come out from mm -hmm. my my growing up. Um, yeah. Dad, dad had some issues. My older brother had brothers had some issues mm -hmm. with anger. 
Um, mm-hmm. We were never, we weren't, we weren't really necessarily physical on each other for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, some mm-hmm. things had happened, but nothing, um, nothing to the point of, of being afraid for your life. But yep. clearly, things had happened. Um, and uh, I always did tell myself when I was younger, before I was married, and when I was married, that those things weren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, um, not seeing things before they happen, um, and a wife coming from the situation that she came from um, uh, was there was a lot of dysfunction there too. So, mm-hmm. Well, David, I'm um, going to ask, or I'm going to mention something to you. There are four yes. causes, four causes for anger. Hurt, in other words, I'm saying that anger in itself is not the problem. Anger is just a symptom of one of four causes. And to be able to, to literally deal with it, it's the most helpful to identify, okay, was the cause of the anger, and it can be a combination of two or more, but it's um, hurt, injustice, fear, and frustration. And one of the most helpful things to do is to identify, which we could do, um, we won't have time to do it now, but if you would like, we could deal with all four of those causes. Those are the roots for anger. And the key is identifying when you got angry for X, whatever the X is, what was going on, and specifically it had to be hurt, injustice, fear, or frustration, and it could be a combination. But there are things to do about them. And if you'd like, we can talk again. And I know we're going to later talk with your wife, but we could deal with, like you could tell me, one of the most recent um issues of anger where you had an angry reaction and yeah. I'm hearing you don't want to have that 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 you're not wanting to be controlled by your anger would you like for us to talk again yeah okay We will send our keys for living on dysfunctional family, making peace with your past. We'll send that to tonight's caller, and we are able to do that because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. and we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.